The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about a hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. If you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the faces made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. Click on that and um, you can watch that up until 3 o'clock Eastern uh, this afternoon, at which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got there, and then look for the rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. we got a lot of friends over there this morning. Good to see you guys. Good morning. And uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. The channel is Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. If you want to go directly there, you can watch as well. And then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there, and we appreciate those guys giving us a spot on their platform. On SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live, you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, that goes out once a day late afternoon, early evening, and uh, you get all the articles, including the morning show archive. So be sure to sign up for that. If you'd like to get our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can sign up right off the front page there. That goes out once a week on Saturdays, tells you what we've been doing, what we're going to do, all that kind of stuff. And usually there's some exclusive content, some some pictures and things of that nature uh, of what we've been doing with the people or other things of that nature. So be sure and sign up for those things as well. And uh, guys, we appreciate your support. If you want to support us, there's means to do that. There's links on sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you want to uh, contribute and help us do what we do on the radio, the internet, and out among the people. So uh, we appreciate your support very much. Okay, uh, boy, I've been busy and I am a tired fella. Uh, I've been, uh, boy, let me let me just say this. Um the Bible says when you find a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. And uh, I just want to take time just to uh, brag on my wife uh, this morning just for a bit, because this week, boy, I've been thrown into it. Uh, I'm having to take care of all the stuff that she normally does. 
uh, and, and everything. And her and the kids are again at a music conference. And so my boys have been, they've been at work, they're at work. So I have to do my work. Then we're having to do dishes, laundry, feed the chickens, <laughs> feed the cat. I'm trying to replace the areas in our house with some cheap laminate, uh, because the carpet's been in here for 20 something years. And so it's just been, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare to watch me do all this stuff. Uh, although I help at times with it, but it's just, there's a lot dishes, everything else. So, um, you know, my wife more than just doing that, uh, she is just a good woman. She is a Proverbs 31 woman. There's no doubt about it. I thank God for her. And, uh, Boy, I miss her when she's gone just one day, but uh, this is a whole week. But uh, I hope they're having a good time, and I just praise God for a good and godly wife, and uh, I love her very much. Uh, with that said, we got news come out uh, the other day. I was, was going to bring this up. Do you, any, you guys remember, if you were a kid, you were probably like I was, and you, and I didn't say, I don't know why I didn't say this, but this lady... Um, the uh, the lady who was involved in the Charles Manson murders, um, I can't rem for some reason I'm having a hard time remembering. So I was just going to try to bring it up. Okay, <clears throat> Leslie Van Hooten. She's released on parole. She's like 73 or something. Okay, and I came across this article the other day or yesterday. And you remember how, like, if any of you guys used to watch the old Batmans, you know, Adam West, you know, he's running around his little, it's almost like a pair of underwear or something like that. And he used to say, he used to tell Robin, crime doesn't pay. Well, this lady is getting out of jail. And they say she's worth between $1 and $15 million. $1 and $15 million. How is that possible? Because she's gotten book deals, she's gotten you know, screenwrite deals, all this other kind of stuff, and she, she's let out. I mean, her life's gone, but she's let out and she's worth all this money. What? Let me ask you something. What does that teach people? It teaches them that crime does pay. What is it continuing to allow a traitor in the White House to receive millions of dollars while stealing the American people's money by the billions, what does that teach people? It teaches them crime pays. Now, that's not the truth. We know eventually they're going to pay. But this is, what, this is what's going on in America. And it's not just in this area. It's in a lot of areas. And specifically, it's usually happening among what we're seeing that's coming out into the open through the sodomite agenda, through the whole trans delusional agenda, all of that. And it's making it look like this is being promoted. It's being accepted. It's no longer a crime. It has the blessing of government, which it should never have because government is supposed to be a reflection of God. They're supposed to be the ministers of God and upholding his laws, his commands, his statutes. We're going to look at that in just a little bit. But I just thought to myself when I saw that, man, how many people are reading this? And how? And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are just disgusted by it. This woman's released from jail. She should have been six feet under in participating with this, just like Charles Manson. We should have never had to deal with this guy for the years we dealt with him. They should have brought justice on that. 
All right. Anyway, there's news out that a former U.S. Olympics gymnastic doctor, Larry Nassar, remember that whole thing that went on a few years ago where he was convicted of molesting these girls that were entrusted to him, raping them, hundreds of them, in fact, that he was stabbed to death in a Florida prison. Mm -hmm. Multiple times. This came from uh, Zero Hedge. Former gymnastics doctor for the U.S. Olympics, Larry Nassar, has been stabbed multiple times during an altercation with another inmate in a federal prison in Florida. According to the Associated Press, the attack happened Sunday at the United States Penitentiary Coleman in Florida. Nassar was in stable condition Monday, according to two people familiar with the matter. Joe Rojas, a prison union leader, told NBC News that Nassar was stabbed twice in both the neck and back and another six times in the chest. Said he was serving uh, decades in prison for convictions in state and federal courts. He admitted sexually assaulting athletes when he worked at Michigan State University and USA Gymnastics, which trains Olympians. Separately, Nassar pleaded guilty to possessing child pornography. And during victim impact statements in 2018, several athletes testified that over the course of Nassar's more than two decades of sexual abuse, they had told adults what was happening, including coaches and athletic trainers, but that it went unreported. That was according to the Associated Press. So <clears throat> you have these, these young girls going through this, this abuse. They let others know. The others were silent too. I want to know why the other people are not accomplices to the crime. Why they have not been arrested, while they have not been charged, while they have not been dealt with. So it's kind of interesting that here he gets into an altercation. And maybe some of you guys remember the guy from Subway, Jared. And he got the punk and beat out of him once he got in jail, too. We gave a, uh, there was a guy, and I, I wish I would have thought about it. I just thought about it as the show was starting. But there was a guy who killed another man in jail, and we've got the video of him in the court telling why he did it. And as he began to, to tell why he killed the guy, he said the guy began to confess, I think it was either a 9 or 12-year-old girl, that he had strangled and raped. And he told the guy, he was laying on his bunk, he told the guy to shut up, he didn't want to hear about it. And the guy kept on and on and on. And so he got up, and he wrapped something around his neck, and he choked the life out of him. And he told the judge exactly what he did and why he did it. And I got to tell you, there are, there, are, there are men in prison who understand better what to do with some of these pedophiles than the people outside the walls of the prison. Oh, Tim, are you advocating for the murder? I'm not advocating for murder of anybody. I'm advocating for justice. There's a difference between those things. And I don't know why. Well, I do know why. 
I know why we feel comfortable sticking somebody in jail is because we know our own depravity. We know we deserve death. But even though we deserve it, Christ has freed us from, from that penalty. He's done that. Nevertheless, we hold up the law. We hold up God's commands, His statutes, His judgments. Why? Why do we do that? Because God says that's the way you put the evil away from you. That's the way you teach people to fear Him. That's the way you do it. It's always been that way. And when we don't do that, we, when we don't bring justice, what are, we, what are we teaching people? We're teaching them that their crimes do pay in some way or another. For some people, they have the warped and twisted thought that if I'm in my jail cell, I've got shelter, I've got food, I've got clothes. There are some guys who get out of jail that will just go commit the most simplest of crimes just so they can go back to jail. Why? Because they're taken care of there. They don't know how to live their life in freedom. I've heard some of their testimonies as to why they do it. And we don't bring that. Let me give you several instances of this issue just of pedophilia. And then let's look at some other things in history that we've had go on. Now, just to reiterate, God tells us again, Going back to Deuteronomy 6. To me, Deuteronomy 6 is sort of this foundational thing. It's a charge to us as men to teach our children, to have God's commands in our hearts, and to teach them to our children. Okay? These are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land, whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. Now, pay attention to that. By having his commands, his statutes, and his judgments in our hearts, what, what does it teach us? It teaches us the fear of the Lord. To keep all his statutes, to keep his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. And then he goes on and he says, you know, teach these things to your, to your children. Be diligent about it. When you're walking in the way, when you're lying down, when you're standing, write them on the doorpost of your house. Teach them all the time. That's what you're to do to pass on to your children. Well, let's look at a couple of these people that um, have been engaged in crimes against our children. Some of them have had justice brought. Some of them haven't. For instance, maybe you guys remember, this was back in February of last year. We had um, a, a gentleman on who, on YouTube, he goes by the Florida Ped Chaser. And he came on, they, he had caught a uh, DHS TSA bomb squad member down there in Florida. He had caught him trying to solicit, well, he was not trying to, he was soliciting a minor, thought it was a, a young boy, I think he thought he was about 12 years old young boy for sex came to his house and it was the ped chaser guy and confronted the guy and the guy was all bent out of shape his name was eric zuzan zugan d-z-u-g-a-n i still can't find anything where where eric has been uh I, I know he was arrested 
but I can't find anything where he's been sentenced. If any of you guys have anything like that, send it to me. I'll be glad to update that. But I haven't been able to find any of that. But he worked at Southwest Florida International Airport Homeland Security Bomb Squad Division for TSA. This guy did. Caught him on video and everything. And he's out there whining and crying. Oh, you know, it's going to ruin. I'm, I'm not going to have my job and blah, 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 blah. Who cares about his job? I mean, here he was trying to molest, rape a young boy. And he's serving in, quote unquote, government in an unconstitutional agency, by the way. We've got we've got so many of these stories. It's absolutely incredible. Here was here was one that we had from Matt Agrist, a pedo hunter catches a Portland police officer in the act of luring a child in Indiana for sex. This was back in May of 2021. Yep. The police officers. Uh, Portland police officer Joshua Clark was caught on camera meeting a person who he thought was a 14-year-old girl in order to have sex. The encounter was captured on video and streamed live on Facebook. Once he got busted, Clark claims he thought the child he was meeting was supposed to be 18 years old. <laughs> but they used this text to show, no, 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 you knew this. You knew who, what was going on. That the person was 14. Same thing. Same thing. Here's another one. I'm just going to give you several of these. <clears throat> Top Facebook employee caught by pedo hunters confesses to trying to lure a 13-year-old boy for sex. This was in February of last year also. Jaron Miles, the now former manager of community development at Meta, Facebook's parent company. He's the guy who was caught. And they scrubbed him from the platform, by the way. Said it was his former job title. You will no longer be able to verify it as his profile as he's been scrubbed from the platform in a likely attempt by Facebook to cover up his crimes. Of course it is. Of course it is. Now, look, that doesn't mean necessarily that Facebook's on the side of that. Any company, any business with that would probably do the same thing. They're not the ones necessarily guilty of the crime, although Facebook's guilty of many crimes. There's no doubt about that. But they're doing this. This guy, Jaron Miles. That's another one. Here's one. Remember the gay, the, the, not the gay, the sodomite couple? They had molested their adopted sons and pimped them out to a pedophile ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These two little boys right here that I'm showing the video audience here. Zachary Zulak and his quote-unquote husband, William, are in jail on sex abuse charges. Not only did they rape their sons, these little boys are, I mean, my goodness. And people think it's okay for these same-sex couples to be adopting. Or they think it's okay for them to quote-unquote marry. They're all, see, if... I'm going to tell you, if we would deal with the crime of sodomy, we wouldn't be dealing with Pride Month. We wouldn't be dealing with, uh, quote unquote, gay marriage. We wouldn't be dealing with uh, sodomites and lesbians 
adopting children. We wouldn't even be dealing with that because we'd have dealt with the crime of sodomy right off the bat. But we don't want to do that. We don't want to do what God says. We want to do something else. And I'm telling you, these people, when they get to jail and the prisoners find out about it, they bring their own form of justice. They do what should have been done by the quote-unquote justice system. That's what should have been done. That's not all these two men did. They didn't just rape their sons. They offered them to other men. I mean, talk about a seared conscience. Can you even... I I don't even want to... I mean, I just can't imagine doing this to your own kid or even if you adopted kids, doing it to them, much less pimping them out to some other people. That just, that is the furthest thing from my mind. I can't even contemplate it. I really can't. They sent videos of the abuse to 12 people, according to the documents. They were charged with sodomizing their adopted sons and pimping them out to local men. And these guys, according to the report here from the Daily Mail, they were considered the darlings of the LGBTQ scene in Georgia. Georgia! Huh. And it wasn't like they were struggling or anything like that, needed any money or some kind of thing like that. They were just out for their own lusts. They were just out for their own lusts. Incredible. Here's another one. Louisiana teacher charged with sex crimes, too horrific to headline, and people still let their kids be taught in public school. I, this, is a, this is a big one for me. You know, we had Suzanne on Monday and Tuesday to talk about the convids and the, the uh, isolation issue, and she's the one who wrote this. But it's incredible to me how... These kinds of things go on in the public school. And I've talked about this plenty of times. The indoctrination of the children. In fact, I, I came across an article yesterday that talked about the least educated states in the United States. Do you know that the majority of them were southern states? Yep. The majority of them were southern states. North, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, and then you kind of spring out into some other areas. And I noticed all of these states with these big metropolises and everything, those guys were the guys who were considered most educated. I think what needs to happen is they need to change the title. The least indoctrinated. Now, all the states are indoctrinated in some form or another. But I think that's what, what's going on. And the parents, they will stand up. We see the videos all the time. Parents go to these these you know, school committee meetings uh, or council meetings. They go to their county council meetings, the city council meetings, and they talk about the books that are in the library. They talk about what the, what's going on with the teachers and this, that, and the other, the crimes that are being committed against their children, and they'll rail at them and we'll cheer them on. Then the next day, what are they doing? Sending their kids right back into the snake pit. That doesn't make any sense. And I'll tell parents, if you're doing that, if you're doing that, aren't you a part of the problem, not a part of the solution? If all you do is call it out, but you don't 
change what's going on there and protect your child. Aren't you doing that? Don't you fall into what Paul says in Romans where he says, those of you who preach out against adultery, are you adulterers? Those of you who preach out against idolatry, are you robbing temples? Aren't you doing the same thing by your actions? Participating in the very things that you say you're against. My goodness. Here's another one. Again, from July of 2018. Pedophile hunter catches predator meeting underage girl in front of a cop. But the cop does nothing. Isn't that interesting? And I don't know what happened to the video there. I don't know if they've pulled the video or what. But uh, this is from Matt Agaris. You, I'll have all these up. You can, uh, you'll can, you be able to check them out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. And they'll, they'll all be linked in the morning show archive. And I'm just, I'm just highlighting the pedophiles here. In Massachusetts, this is from April of 2020. Pedophile hunter catches police chief trying to have sex with a 14-year-old boy. Stowe police chief Ralph Marino has been relieved of his duties after a meeting with state police over the weekend, according to authorities. As NBC10 Boston reports, Marino met with Massachusetts State Police Representative Saturday at the Stowe Police Department, the town said, and after the meeting, he put himself on indefinite administrative leave and named Sergeant Darren Thrayen as acting chief. He just pulled from his job after video by a self-declared pedophile hunter was posted online. The video allegedly shows the cop attempted to meet a boy who the chief knew was only 14 for sex. Instead of meeting the boy, however, the chief was confronted by Predator Poachers, Massachusetts. Hmm. These are the guys who are supposed to uphold the law. At least that's what they tell us, right? Incredible. This one is from July 2022. Pedo hunters catch high-level USPS, that's the United States Postal Service, chief meeting child for sex and get him to admit what he is, which he says, I am a pedophile. Again, July 2022, earlier this year, we reported on a top-level official with the San Diego Sheriff's Department who has been there for 25 years, Sergeant Luis Rios. Rios was busted by the vigil anti-group People versus Peds as he tr- now, these are real people who deal with these guys. These are real groups who do it. They don't do it for entertainment purposes. They don't do it just one time. They're constantly doing that. They're constantly busting these, these pedophiles. They're doing the work that the people are supposed to do. The militia. Enforcement of the law. Now the vigilante group has just nabbed another high-level official. This time, the U.S. Postal Service. And here's who they got. Russell Rappel Schmid, 52, is a chief data officer for the U.S. Postal Regulatory Commission. The PRC ironically oversees the U.S. Postal Service to ensure transparency and accountability. He joined the oversight body under President Joe Biden in May and previously served as the state of Alaska's first chief data officer. He also worked at the USPS Office of Inspector General on the data analytics team and as an audit manager. 
He was arrested this week before the video was released online after police were called to the scene. He has since been fired from his role at the PRC. Well, that's a good thing. The 50-year-old, 54-year-old uh, was attempting to meet a 14-year-old boy for sex. And according to reports, he was in San Diego for a conference when San Diego Harbor Police Department officers arrested him, according to arrest records and his former employer. And his response to the video and criminal charges, the PRC terminated Rappel Schmid from his position. The Postal Regulatory Commission has become aware of the recent arrest of one of our employees. Upon becoming aware of this information, the commission has terminated this employee effective immediately. The commission is shocked and horrified at these serious allegations and maintains a steadfast commitment to prompt, promptly deal with any claims of employee misconduct. And again, this is how they confronted him. Uh, what am I sitting here for? Because I like young people, is what Rappel Schmid replied. What's that make you, he asked. I'm a pedophile, he said in the video. You've got them, you've got them, you've got them confessing to it. We're seeing police. Now look, men are depraved. I don't know why this is so hard for people to understand. The scriptures are clear about this, how sin has affected us in the fall. It has not just caused us to make some poor choices. We, what it means to be totally depraved, and this is how the uh, reformers brought this out to break the back of Rome's false gospel. Because for Rome, it was all about free will, which you don't see in the scriptures. You, don't, you see people make choices, but their will is bound to sin. It's bent by their sin, their depravity. And the reformers... Actually, it's the guys after the Reformers, the, the children of the Reformers, and we did a show on this about the, uh, the opposition to the Remonstrants, the Synod of Dort, and how they laid this out. And they called it total depravity. And it is that sin has affected us at our very core. It's affected us in our emotions. It's affected our thinking. It's affected our bodies. It's affected us in every way it can affect us. And people act like it hasn't affected us in that. We think, we've been taught to think that man is basically good. If we see any evidence of goodness, it is the mercy of God. And this is even among his own people. Those who name the name of Christ. If you see anything good in a so-called, in a, in a professed Christian, a follower of Christ, it is not in that person to produce that goodness. It is God in them. As, as Paul says, he says, I'm dead. It, I, I no longer live. It's Christ in me. This is why you cannot call yourself a Christian and never produce any good works. It's just impossible to do. Because God has saved us for such. Ephesians 2.10. It's very clear. He didn't save us to leave us in our sin. He saved us to deliver us from our sin. Where once we walked in those things, we practiced those things. They were a part of our life. They were the very character of who we are. Those things are to be thrown off. Throw off the old man and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the scriptures call us to do. As we've seen, we've seen DHS, TSA, police, policemen, and, and there's a plethora of these I can just lay out here. There's, there's a ton of them. 
USPS, and what we talked about yesterday. Here's the president, the, the guy, I don't, even, I, don't even like call, I don't even call him a president. He's a usurper. Here's Joe Biden's son. Evidence of pedophilia on, on his laptop. Showed you some of the images of these little girls that he has on there. They're either prepubescent or they're early teens that are all over his laptop. Some of them he's standing naked with. I wouldn't even show you some of those. Okay, Some of them he's standing naked with. This is how depraved Hunter Biden is. In fact, the older he gets, I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes worse than his father. What do you do in a home where it's come out that the guy's daughter has said, yeah, I might have been molested. I took inappropriate showers with my dad, Joe Biden. Incredible. And then there's dad. All the evidence suggests Joe Biden is a pedophile. So when are we going to bring him to justice? Hey, conservatives out there, when you're making your, your little videos and your memes about him sniffing children and stuff, why aren't you calling for justice? Why, why is justice, justice off the menu? Why is that? There's a way that you bring it. Our Constitution is very clear through impeachment. How does that happen? House of Representatives. What are the House of Representatives supposed to be? Well, they're supposed to be the people's representatives. Are they that for the most part? No. This is why I say D.C. has become so corrupt, even down to the foundation, that it's got to be abolished. It's got to be abolished. Everybody's covering for everybody else. And when you see a show to push forth for an impeachment on real crimes and things of that nature, what happens? Well, that's what it becomes. It becomes a show. It becomes political grandstanding. It's not about bringing justice. It really isn't. Because the people even doing it are joking about it. They're joking and they're smiling and it's all this kind of stuff. What about others? It's not just about pedophiles. You know, pedophiles is on people's tongue right now because of this movie that's come out. I wonder how many people, after seeing that film, are going to actually go and get involved with some of these organizations that actually deal with this. Our friend Drew Nolan up there at Victoria Tactical, I talked with him this week. I said, you know, what do you think about all this? We had a conversation about it. And um, he said, Tim, he, he said, you know, we... There's a lot of money that's being brought in for this film. He, you know, we were talking and I said, yeah, I wonder, is any of this money going to people who actually rescue kids? Now, look, I believe people who do their work deserve to earn their money. Uh, you know, a workman is worthy of his wages, the Bible says. So I'm not saying somebody has to take their money uh, who made this film and all and go put it into those things. But I, I just kind of wonder that. Um, you know, I, I saw a thing from Caviezel that they did $2 million or 2 million tickets that they sold. I don't know what that works out. I don't know what the ticket price is. This is why I don't go to movie theaters because they're so expensive. But that's a lot of money. And I noticed he said on there, 
you know, we sold these tickets. This is going to save a lot of children's lives. I don't know how that does that, but, you know, I'm wondering, you know, where is, does it go beyond just somebody, people were entertained, they saw what was there. And I'm glad, look, I'm glad the film's out there. I haven't even seen it. I'm glad it's out there to open people's eyes that this stuff does goes on. It goes on. Um, many people don't know what's going on. And so I'm grateful that it's doing that. But I ask the question, how many people will leave the theater and then search out, how can I be involved? I don't know if any of you guys have read the book or you've seen the, the, uh, the film based off of it, Machine Gun Preacher, about Sam Childers. Actually, I reached out to him. I'm waiting to hear if we can get him on the show. But this is the guy who, who was radically changed. I mean, he was born again, buddy, and went over to help with orphanages there in Africa. And they were kidnapping and stealing kids. And this guy didn't go, oh, brothers, please give us back the children in Jesus name and preach to them and this, that and the other. No, he went with his guns. And he took out the bad guys and he brought back the kids. He brought back the kids. And there was a fascinating little thing when you go to his website. He says, you know, if I if your kids were taken and I told you I can get them back. Do you care how I get them back? Do you really care? No. Because somebody has been engaged in man stealing and the Bible says what? It says those people are worthy of death. They've committed a capital crime. You put them in the ground. And he takes that stuff serious. He cares for the little ones. What about some tyrants of the past? You know, and speaking of the pedophiles, uh, there's been a whole slew of men who have gone to deal with pedophiles because the justice system wouldn't do it. They knew they were guilty. The evidence was clear they were guilty. And they got off. And they went and dealt with these pedophiles. I can't bring myself to condemn those guys. I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And some of them have gone to jail because they went and dealt with the pedophile. What about some men of history and women, by the way, who had engaged in tyranny? Bradley did an article on this. I think he's done a video as well. In fact, he has done a video. So let me let me play this video for you. This is about some, some tyrants. They thought they were above the law. And the irony is how God would use the people or their own circumstances against them to bring them to their own end. You know how the psalmist prayed, you know, let them fall into the ditch that they've dug for me. Or like Haman, he's built the gallows and they're going to take him and all his and hang hang him on that gallows. This is uh this is from Bradley and um let me see here just real quick. Want to get past the uh little music here and then we're going to we're going to play this. Check this out. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. 
It's been said that Mussolini raised his hand towards heaven and said, God, if you're there, then strike me dead. Well, God did accommodate years later. But some might say, I just don't believe it. Well, then let's take a look at history and see if this law is true. Maxentine built a false bridge to drown Constantine, but he himself was drowned. Bejazet was carried about by Tamerlane in an iron cage, which he intended for Tamerlane. Maximinus put out the eyes of thousands of Christians. Soon after, a fearful disease of the eyes broke out, of which he himself died in great agony. Valiants caused about 80 Christians to be sent to sea in a ship and were burned alive. He was defeated by the Goths and fled to a cottage where he himself was burned alive. Alexander VI was poisoned by wine he had prepared for another. Henry III of France was stabbed in the same chamber where he had helped to contrive the cruel massacre of French Protestants. Marie Antoinette, writing to Notre Dame Cathedral for her bridal, bade the soldiers command all beggars, cripples, and ragged people to lead the line of the procession. She could not endure the sight of these miserable ones. Soon after, bound in the executioner's cart, she was riding toward the place of execution amidst crowds who gazed on her with hearts as cold as ice and as hard as granite. When Fallen was asked how the starving populace was to live, he said, let them eat grass. Afterward, the mob, maddened with rage, caught him in the streets of Paris, hung him, stuck his head upon a pike, and filled his mouth with grass. What a Voltaire. At 17, he stood in a crowded auditorium and said of Christ's first disciples, it took 12 ignorant fishermen to build Christianity, but I will show you how one Frenchman can destroy it. Hmm. If we could destroy the Christian religion, we must first of all destroy man's belief in the Bible. Voltaire boasted that within 100 years of his death, the Bible would disappear from the face of the earth. Voltaire died in 1778, but the Bible lives on. The irony of history is that 50 years after his death, the Geneva Bible Society moved into his former house and used his printing presses to print thousands of Bibles. This is no time to make new enemies. When asked on his deathbed to forswear or renounce the works of darkness, his nurse said, for all the money in Europe, I wouldn't want to see another unbeliever die. All night long, Voltaire cried out for forgiveness. Just think, Voltaire spent his whole life fighting against God and his word to only find out that God and his word were always true. What of John the Baptist? Here at Anipus and Herodias were responsible for the imprisonment and execution of John the Baptist, and Herod himself attempted to plot the death of Christ. In the summer of AD 39, Herod's money and territory were turned over to Agrippa. While he and his wife were exiled, and Herod Antipas died miserably. Pontius Pilate handed Christ to the Jews to be scourged and crucified. Pilate fell under misfortunes in the reign of Caligula, 
was exiled to Gaul and eventually committed suicide there in Vienna. What of those responsible for rejecting the words of Christ? The Jews of the day who heard and rejected Christ were destroyed by Titus and Vespasian his father. In 70 AD, about 40 years after the Passion of Christ, to the number of 1,100,000, Besides those who Vespasian slew in the subduing of Galilee, 17,000 were sold and sent into Egypt and other provinces to vile slavery, and 2,000 were brought with Titus in his triumph, of whom part he gave to be devoured of the wild beasts, part otherwise most cruelly were slain. What about the vain Senate of Rome? After being proposed to have Christ adored as God, they rejected him. Being content to have their emperor reign over them rather than the meek king of glory, the son of God, they were scourged and trapped for their unjust refusing. For as they preferred the emperor and rejected Christ, so the just permission of God stirred up their own emperors against them in such sort that the senators themselves were almost destroyed and the whole city most horribly afflicted for the space of almost 300 years. Once again, God is not mocked. Well, that's exactly right. God isn't mocked. And you see, even in history, were those who had reign over territory or whatever, or they're in a position of authority, when they moved out from under that, and they would not follow the command statutes and judgments of God, what happened? Oh, the irony of some of these tales here. The irony of some of these tales that they had. Absolutely incredible. From the scripture, Herod Antipas and Herodias were responsible for the imprisonment and execution of John the Baptist, and Herod himself attempted to plot the death of Christ. In the summer of A.D. 39, Antipas's money and territory were turned over to Agrippa while he and his wife were exiled and Antipas died miserably. Pontius Pilate, same thing, handed Christ to the Jews to be scourged and crucified, and yet Pilate fell under misfortunes in the reign of Caligula. He was exiled to Gaul and eventually committed suicide there in Vienne. What about those Jews? Yep. The ones who praised him at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week, they cried for his crucifixion. We have no king but Caesar. His blood be upon us and upon our children. That's what they said. And what happened just as Jesus said? Matthew 24, he was going to come in and destroy them. He was going to destroy them. That was the judgment on them. He told them, fill up the measure of your fathers from the blood of Abel to Zechariah. Fill it up by killing the Son of God. And God had had enough of it. And Jesus said, it's coming. It's coming. This is why it's so important to understand the context of Matthew 24. The words of Jesus were fulfilled just as he said. Just as he said it. Wasn't talking about today. I realize you can draw application for today. There's no problem with that. I, I don't have a problem with that. But to say this is that, nope, that was for a specific people at a specific time. Why? Because they had they had all the light. 
They had the commandments. They had the statutes. They had the judgments. And they would not fulfill them. They did not love justice. They did not love mercy. Psalm 82. Let's go there. A psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. That's the little gods, the, the little lawgivers. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of wicked, of the wicked? Selah. I think he would ask that of America today. How long are you going to judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? How long are we going to do that, America? See, our land is, is supposed to be different. At least that's what it says on paper. It's supposed to be different. We don't have kings. We don't have monarchs. We don't have, you know, one man is supposed to be in power, even though that's what they're trying to get us to see. Everything's about a president. Everything's about one man. Want us to look to D.C. like it's the Mecca or it's the Jerusalem. And we accept wicked men into office. We justify it by saying, well, we're choosing the lesser of two evils. What a wicked thing to say. That should never come out of the mouths of Christians. Never. It really shouldn't. Then he goes on. Defend the poor and fatherless. What are we doing to the poor and the fatherless? Well, we're taking the fatherless and we're sticking them in. We're giving them over to CPS, sticks them in foster homes. And you know the fiasco that both of those things are. For the most part, I'm not saying every every time it happens, it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that. But overall, the, the, the message that we've been getting is it's bad. What about the poor? Well, if we got homeless, man, I mean, we're taking and, and making, the, making it a crime to be homeless. People don't have anywhere to go, so they're having to sleep on the street. Then they get arrested and thrown in jail for it. My goodness, down here in Columbia, South Carolina, they're doing that stuff just like they're doing on the West Coast. It's not a crime to be homeless. It's not a crime to be poor. And where are the people who name the name of Christ to deal for the poor? To take care of the needy. Man, that's one of the things I love about Pastor Art Pulowski up in Canada. That guy goes out and meets the poor where they are. Out in the streets. He's been arrested for it. He's been fined for feeding the hungry. All of that. And I know there are people who do it. But where's the church in that? Back to Psalm 82. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. Where's the church to stand against some of this? They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, you're gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. And he has. Jesus is the inheritor of the nations. They're given to him for an inheritance. He is king of kings and lord of lords. That's not just some thing you read out of the Bible. Think about that. He is the king of all the kings of the earth. He is the lord of all the lords of the earth. He is the, if you want to take the titles, president of all the presidents of the earth. He is the prime minister of all the prime ministers of the earth. 
He is the ruler over all men. That's why all men everywhere are called to repent, to turn from their lawlessness and bow before the king. That's why they're told to do it. We go over into Isaiah chapter 1. We were there yesterday in our talk. And um, listen to what Jesus has, or Jesus, what God has to say through his prophet Isaiah, beginning verse 10, Isaiah 1. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. Now, he's not talking about the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He's talking about his people. They become like Sodom and Gomorrah. They become lawless. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he-goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. Didn't God command all these things? Yes, he did. But it was their hypocrisy because they weren't faithful to God. They were, they were called adulterers and adulteresses. They played the whore. That's what the, scripture, that's what the prophets called them. They called them a whore, a harlot, because they had left their husband, God, the one who had saved them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Listen to this. Don't just stop doing evil. You've got to put something in its place. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet. They shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. A lot of people get emotional about Jesus cleansed the sin, and we should be, for what he did. But the obvious question is, has it changed us? Or are we a people who think we're clean, but we're still filthy in our sins? May God grant us repentance. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. SonsofLibertyMedia.com. And Lord willing, we'll talk to you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. See you.